my advice is make sure you never belittle each other in front of anybody. It's no matter how bad the other person might embarrass you or do something, talk to the spouse when you get home. Don't embarrass your spouse in front of anybody by belittling each other. It's a lot better if you wait till you get home. If you have anything bad to say, say it to the person at home. Amen to that, brother. Welcome to Intentional Living Center, where we are here to help you navigate the craziness of life today and everything that's tearing at the fabric of your life, your family, your faith, and instill uh, some of the uh, the wisdom of living an intentional life in Christ. It'll change your life. And that's why we're here. I'm Dr. Randy, uh, and our team is standing by. We'd love to hear your comments on the topic of what have you learned about marriage communication today? is a key focus on marriage. You can call on our comment line, 888 The callers that we have set today are all ready to go uh, for the for the live show, but uh, you're welcome to leave your comments at uh, 888 Fair enough? All right, let's get to the calls right off uh, with David, and then we'll go to Ashley. Hang on, Ashley. David, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you today? I'm doing pretty good. We had the balloon fiesta in Albuquerque, and that rained almost all the way through it, oh, which is no. pretty normal. If we, yeah, if we want rain, we schedule a balloon fiesta. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, we've been there a couple times to see that. That's uh, pretty uh, pretty spectacular. And Jennifer, that's your home. The balloon festival every October is pretty Spectacular. So other than the rain, did it come off pretty well? Yeah, yeah, it was it was fairly good, except they had actual lightning strikes oh. this year on the balloon fest to ground. So that was kind of a new, scary uh, situation. But, yeah, it, it goes good. It injects a lot of money into the economy here. Yeah, uh, which I'm sure is important. And just a word, if any of, any of our listeners around the country are looking for a great October next year, event. Uh, the Balloon Festival is fantastic. All right, we're talking marriage communication. David, what have you learned? Well, I was telling Steve, your your man that answers the phone, that uh, my wife's been in a wheelchair 45 years, and she's had a lot of uh, pressure wounds, and she mm-hmm. doesn't always feel beautiful. And I found out that a whole lot of our marriage goes way better when I love her verbally. Now, she... Uh, kind of makes that easy to do because when she is able to get up and get out, she dresses better than any woman I've ever met in my life. And, uh, mm. but she'll, she'll always be a little self-conscious because she's got bandages. She's got dressings and, and, uh, a while back, uh, she was going through that time of life when women have hot flashes and men freeze to death because all the windows are open and the fans are going. <laughs> and we rolled into the front door of our church, and I forgot for a moment where we were at because I had taken to calling her a name, a pet name. And she rolls in the church door, and she says, oh, my gosh, I'm hot. And I said, yes, you are. You're my hot, sexy chick. <laughs> and, in church? And, uh in church, and there was oh, women standing around, and one of them turned to her husband and said, "Why don't you ever compliment me like that?" And, and I, I had men kind of 
<laughs> stammering explanations. But I have learned uh, we don't always see eye to eye. People ask me why she survived 45 years of one infection after another. And mm-hmm. I said, well, she's almost as stubborn and hard-headed as her husband. So we, we're survivors. But uh, we, we, we have learned that if we let each other know, and she does it for me as much as I do it for her, we we have learned to love each other verbally, to compliment yeah. one another, to to remind, and I have to remind myself because she was a school teacher in spite of being in a motorcycle accident at 17, and she went on to school and college when there was no ADA code, and she's done amazing things, and uh, I have to remind myself sometimes uh she spent her entire adult life in a wheelchair and people treat people in a wheelchair differently. Yeah, so true. Uh, just, just a reminder to everybody, you know, if your spouse is going through something, there's little things you can do that just makes this huge difference in their outlook. And one of hers is I'll get down on one knee and look at her eye to eye because she says everybody's looking down on her. And when I want to talk to her, I get down to where I'm looking eye to eye in her face or I'll sit down in a chair so that we're on the same level. And Mm. it's not a big thing to somebody that doesn't understand it, but to her, it's huge. What you do is you're communicating, David, you're connecting. Um, That happens every day. We either are connecting or disconnecting from people, getting down, looking eye to eye. Verbal communication, some people, that's their love language. Words make a difference. For others, it's more of a gift or time. Uh, But you found that love language and you communicate it, and that's the best sermon you could give in church. That's what the guys needed to hear. All right, David, thank you for your call. Uh, Let me get to, to Ashley, who's been waiting a while here in Michigan. Ashley, welcome to the show. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. What's one thing you've learned about communication? I would say that everything just needs to point to God. Um, I've been married for three years, and my husband came into the marriage um, divorced and with two kids. And much of our disagreements at the beginning were about, like, his kids and just how our home was going to function, like, from bedtime to eating structure to devotion time. And so whenever we would discuss these things, like, both of us, we weren't seeing eye to eye. We were, like, in disagreements. And perhaps sometimes, you know, my husband could potentially have been operating out of fear from divorce, from, you know, obviously they're already in a dysfunctional home and situation, so there's already destruction there. But that can offer help, that can cause him to operate on fear as well. Um, and so just remembering Ephesians 6 12, like we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. And so whenever we start having this disagreement, it sounds funny, but I'm like, hey, we're feeling this way. We're acting this way. It's not coming from God. We're not reflecting that of Christ. So let's pray together. Mm. And that really just resets our mindset. So whenever we're getting into that mindset, we need to remember that this is Satan's tactics, even since, since the beginning of Adam and Eve, right? So we need to remember, like, we are not to wrestle against flesh and blood. We are, we are united as a three-stranded cord with God. And so we need to constantly be in prayer. Absolutely. And that's a powerful thing. Getting together, God-centered. I just did the lesson coming up for next month uh, on these five questions that we ask. And one of them is, what am I, you know, why am I here? 
and how am I going to live my life to, today and, and who am I going to serve? And if we get that straight in our marriages, uh, it'll change everything. And prayer together is important. All right, I'll tell you what, uh, let's see if we uh, can talk to Denise uh, next before we go to the break. Denise, uh, appreciate your call. What, what have you learned about communication? Well, my husband and I have been married almost 28 years, and in our first couple months, we've taken premarital classes and all that. Both strong Christian families raised, and we were sure we had it down. <laughs> and in the first couple of weeks, we realized we were talking about totally different things. <laughs> I, we were having different conversations, and my two examples, and I've talked to the people, it's exactly the same thing, I think, for everybody, is he would say, do you want some french fries? In the drive and I'd say no, and then I'd eat his, and he would say, well, I would have bought a bigger one if you'd said yes. Or when he said, you know, where do you want to go to dinner? I said, I don't care. He said, well, I get to decide. But I, no, I do care. I want to have a discussion. And I really, we both realized early on we were having completely different conversations without even knowing it. Absolutely. And I, I can relate to the one on going out to dinner. I tell you, there's a lot of guys who can relate to this thing. Where do you want to go to dinner? And she says, my wife, Donna, says, you know, I don't care. I know she cares. She's just not going to tell me. You know, until I'm ready to drive in the driveway, and then she'll say, "Well, I don't know if that's where I want to go tonight." Uh, <laughs> so there's two different, like you say, two different conversations going on. So how did you solve it in your marriage? Well, the problem for women is I think we somehow think all of our husbands are mind readers, and so early on, he, I think he learned it faster than I did, and he would say, "Okay, I know you said you don't care, but." I was thinking Mexican, what, and so he realized we need a conversation, or I know you said you don't want any french fries, is that because you're not hungry, or because you think you don't really want them, but you might eat them, and if you do, I'll just buy a bigger one, we can throw them away if, if we don't eat them, and I realized, gosh, I think he's some kind of magic genie, and I'm trying to set him up for failure, and I didn't mean to, I just didn't realize that he wasn't <laughs> speaking the same language I was. Oh, Denise, you've got to go on the road with us on our conferences for couples because your story, I think, is a beautiful example of what happens in this thing of communication. But you've decided instead of going to war over this, uh, that you're, you're going to he's going to change how he communicates to you and you're going to accept that. Sounds like you're OK with him questioning you a little bit. So he's got clarity in his mind. Oh, I, I learned that, that's exactly what I learned. I learned very, very quickly I, he's not a mind reader, and he, he feels like I'm not communicating well. I think I'm a brilliant communicator, but obviously we're from, you know, different planets. I, he, he's using completely different words. So I started mimicking that. If he said, gosh, I re- really had a hard day, I, I thought he was just saying he had a hard day. Now I realize he wants me to say, so what happened? And before I thought he was just making a statement. And if I said I had a hard day, he thought I was asking help me come up with a, with a suggestion or an alternative, and I wasn't. I was just making a statement. And those yeah. are, you know, another example, we're talking completely different languages. That's right. Well, you've worked at how many years now? You've been married? Uh, come, up, come up on 28. Well, you're, you're doing okay. It takes time to learn. I'd say to young couples, as you're getting started here, understand that these communication differences between men and women it's just, it's universal. It happens. It's going to happen. It happens in the best of situations. I mean, that's one of the reasons when, a, when an airplane pilot communicates with the tower, they make sure they repeat what was said to them because they want to make sure that what was said was what was understood and what was said back confirms what was said. And that's the clarification process that many times we don't go about in our own marriages. So when the spouse says something to you, um, if there needs to be clarification to say, this is what I thought I heard you say, I just want to make sure I heard what you said, 
is what you meant, so we can do exactly as you said. And uh, when those kinds of communication patterns are established in a marriage, the marriage will work better, and it does take some intentionality in terms of being focused on making sure you're being understood uh, to for clarification. Otherwise, what we do is we do a lot of assumptions. He assumes when you say, I don't want any fries, that that meant you don't want any fries, and what you meant was, I'm just going to take some of yours. Kind of embarrassing, but yes. <laughs> That's all right. That's all right. I don't want all yours, just some of them. Just some of them. Having a sharing moment. We're feeding each other. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Thank you, Denise. I think I wonder if your husband agrees with all that. Uh, we're talking about intentional living today and marriage communication. Love to hear your comments on our storyline at 888 is the number. Let's take that break. We promised uh, Jennifer, and we'll be right back with some more calls. This is Intentional Living with your host, Dr. Randy Carlson. Intentional Living is furnished by Parent Talk Incorporated and is made possible by the generous support of our listeners. This program is not a substitute for professional counseling, medical, financial, or legal advice. Intentional Living is not intended to be therapy by radio. We are Intentional Living, and we'll be right back. What is the purpose of money? Hi, I'm Dr. Randy Carlson with an Intentional Living Minute. I could go in lots of directions about money. We could talk about tithing. We could talk about helping your children, saving for the future. For all of those are certainly uses of money. Teaching church leaders, however, Peter said, be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Not greedy for money, but eager to serve, being an example. You see that in 1 Peter chapter 5. So what's the purpose of money? It's to be used to serve others, your family, church, reaching people for Christ. God's work in the world is huge. The needs are huge. And when we intentionally use what God has given us to reach other people for Christ, I think that's the heart of why money is given to us. When we do that with our money, we're being intentional. For more information and inspiration, go to theintentionallife.com. And I hope you'll do that. There's a lot of interesting things there to be helpful to you. Theintentionallife.com, talking marriage today, in particular communication, which is a key to a healthy marriage. And let's go to Natalie in Michigan. Natalie, what uh, what have you learned about uh, communications? Well, um, we've been married 26 years, and if I would have learned this sooner, the early years would have been a lot easier, especially once we had kids. My husband has to travel a lot, and I used to get really upset and frustrated that he didn't see anything that needed to get done around the house, and I would nag. And I Mm -hmm. finally decided one day that I would write a seasonal to-do list, and I presented it to him in a non-confrontational way, and I asked for suggestions, and I invited him to agree or disagree on what needed to get done, and... Um, to this day, we go over it and we plan to do things together. And the fact that I don't nag at him for it uh, makes for a much more peaceful marriage. So, Is he good about getting things done? He is. Once he realized, you know, I think I, I will just admit that my approach was wrong and his work you know, he didn't see what needed to get done because he had his head in his work. Yeah. And, so, you know, 
So once we had it on paper and we initialed, you know, what we did and we planned and if we didn't have time to do whatever, that maybe he could take a half a vacation day. And, you know, so it's yeah. a lot less confrontational, um, especially when we were juggling three kids on top of everything else. So, uh that, that, that's a that's a very good reminder. I mean, I think my wife um, Donna and I've struggled with this. Some um, uh, her the house is really important to Donna. She she takes such beautiful care of our home. I get confused sometimes though. I come home and I notice that the pictures have been moved to different <laughs> walls, um, and I think why did that move? And she said, Well, I got tired of it being there, and I wanted to move it over there. And I <laughs> I jokingly have said. Uh, Natalie, to my wife, Don, I said, listen, honey, if, if you if you know you're about to go to heaven, please make sure you got everything where you want it to be, because I'll never move it again. You know, <laughs> and I think that points out we're different. I mean, sometimes one person has greater concern about the things in the home than the other one does. That's the truth. And so the fact that we, we've done the same thing, I've said, Donna, just make a list, put it up on the refrigerator and there it is. And sometimes I'm a good boy and get them done, sometimes not so much. But I've noticed for her, it's up there and she adds things. When I'm done, I cross them off. Here's what I do, though. If I do something not on the list, I go and put it on the list so I can cross it off. <laughs> We've been doing that, too. <laughs> so I get some extra credit, even though I didn't deserve it. All right. That's and a... I think he learned over time because I don't think he realized how important it was to me until we did make the list. Yeah. And then he saw how happy I was once we finished everything that needed to be done. And he learned that I would be in a great mood for a really long time. If we got through everything. and um, A happy so now... wife is a nice thing. That's right. Very nice thing. Hey, you know what? When I go home today, I'm going to go check that list because I, I bet you there's some stuff I've fallen behind on. Thanks for the reminder. Mm-hmm. Thank you. <laughs> All right. We, we try to be pretty good about that. Talking about marriage communication, before we take a break, let's go to uh, Shakisha in Michigan. What have you learned? I've learned that it's very important to um, listen, to understand, and not just to respond. So how does that work? You mean your husband would start to say something and then you'd jump in? Right. Like I, I'll feel it too much and not... And then emotions get in the way, and it blocks me from understanding what he's meaning. Yeah. We, we call that a hijacked emotion around here now. <laughs> That's what happens. It gets hijacked because you hear it. Give me an example of something. Can you, can you think of a time he said, he said something and you assumed or jumped in too quickly? Um, <laughs> I can't really think of anything offhand quite, but... Um... I think we tend to do it to each other sometimes. I think it's a, it can be a back and forth, not necessarily just husband and wife, but sometimes wife and husband as well. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Because we assume we know what, the, what they're saying when later you find out that isn't what they meant. Right. <laughs> exactly. Mm, absolutely. <laughs> All right. Thank you, Shakisha. Hey, you know what? Uh, remember Denise who called earlier in the show saying that uh, they learned they were on like two different planets, two different languages between herself and her husband. And her husband must have been listening somewhere because we're going to hear from Denise's husband, Kevin, in just about a minute or two. Stay tuned. The point of Leah's story to me is that God sees even when others don't see. You don't see the father stepping up and saying, oh, honey, I'm sorry, you know, you're my firstborn and I, 
I love you, but you know, you're just, you know, this just didn't work out. And you don't hear any of that. You just hear Leah facing this relationship, being in this marriage with her sister and Jacob and being the unloved one, being the tolerated one. And I think in our generation today, you can be and I can be in relationship with other people where we're, we're not feeling accepted for who we are, valued for who we are, but only tolerated because of what either we can contribute to the relationship or because of being stuck in the relationship. And that hurts. That's an excerpt from the lesson on how God makes up the difference, his love for the unloved. It's the lesson for this month of October for our members. Uh, we love sending it out by email. goes to both the video and audio to you. Some of you still receive it on CD, and that's fine. Uh, but most now by, um, by online. And so come and join us. We'll make sure to sign you up, get you included. We'll send that to you as you join us in support of the Ministry of Intentional Living Go to theintentionallife.com, please, today, theintentionallife.com, and uh, click on that Donate button. And when you do, when you do, you're going to be connected with a group of people around the country like you who love the Lord and want to be intentional, more intentional in their life and their family. And uh, we'll be sending these helpful resources on a regular basis to say thank you for your support and to encourage you on your journey. So go to theintentionallife.com. We're going to get to Denise's husband, Kevin, in just a moment. Today, we're ta- first, though, we're talking about uh, what have you learned about marriage communication? Hi, Dr. Carlson. Uh, my name is Hillary. I've been married five years now, and my husband and I have had our ups and downs, and lately we've been, you know, we're not down. It's just I'm starting to find I'm, I'm so frustrated with our lack of communication. If I try to bring something up um, to talk about something, you know, and it was something we disagree on. He preferred just let's just not talk about it. And I try my best, you know, like let's just, you know, compromise. Let's let's have a civil conversation and work this out. And his answer is I'm nagging and I'm complaining and he just wants to let it go. And I have such a hard time with this. And, you know, and then he gets kind of frustrated with me. And so he gets very snippy and, and kind of belittling. And I'm trying my best to come up with better solutions, you know, and I've looked into marriage counseling, but I don't think he'd do it because he looks at, like, counseling. We don't need counseling. Really, we just need to learn to communicate, and he's just not willing to try. I don't know. I just thought maybe if he had an idea, maybe some advice, you know, that that seems their only real problem that we can't seem to work through is he wants to ignore everything, and I want to talk it out and figure out a solution. Mm. Well, a couple things, Hillary. One is, uh, you know, marriage counseling in many ways is learning to communicate. That's what it is. It's not like uh, you're going in because, um, you know, you've got a broken leg. You're going in because you've got broken communication. You're learning to communicate. So I would encourage uh, to get to a communication counselor, marriage counselor, or communication class, read a book on communication, start to talk. But beyond that, I think you need to do two things. One is to express to your husband clearly why this is important to you and what a lack of communication is doing to your spirit. Don't criticize him. Just tell him about your experience. Secondly, I would ask him, why is it difficult to communicate? What is your experience? Because I notice when I bring up a question or something, you seem a little snippy, a little angry, a little distant. Does he feel like you nag him too much? Does he feel that in his mind you're nagging him or he doesn't want to confront it because he's watching something on TV or what? Um, And if that's the issue, then you could say, hey, okay, how about if we just agree a couple times a week, 7 o'clock at night, half hour, we just sit down and talk, shut everything off, and that's all we do. And if we just sit and don't talk, that's fine too. But we have a half hour focused on communication. That's it. So it's not going on forever. 
It's not being hit out of left field, not hit when he walks in the back door. Just a thought, a couple things to look at. All right, earlier we had Denise on the line, uh, and she was talking about the things she has learned in marriage, how to be a real good listener, how they can be speaking two different languages, she and her husband. And uh, her husband, Kevin, has called in to share with us. (laughs) So we're going to get the flip side. You're going to get both sides of this uh, uh, today. So, uh, you know, Kevin, thank you for calling. Denise said that you guys uh, have learned to really listen to each other. Uh, Well, she's right. We just, we had to learn how to talk so that the other one was having the same conversation that, that you were having. So how do you do it as a man? Well, one of the things that I learned is that sometimes she'll want to talk about her day or about some event that happened. And I found that I was always looking for a solution to what she was telling me, how to fix it, sure. what we need to do. When Makes sense to me. For a solution. She was just looking to purge, just to talk, just to get it out of her system. And I had to learn to listen. Which make, which sounds ridiculous to many men. Why do you want to just say something without fixing it? Right. Yeah, all right. So you've learned just to listen. We don't have to fix everything. Yeah. You know, sometimes she just wants to talk, and I just need to listen. And that has made me appreciate her a lot more and made me appreciate what the Scriptures is about listen swiftly or listen quickly. Good for you. To not... You know, I'm not just, I'm not trying to fix whatever happened. I'm just trying to share it with her, and she's just trying to share it with me. This was just my day. It was How has doing this, working on this intentionally in your marriage, made a difference in your relationship? Well, it's, it's allowed us to just enjoy every moment that we have together. Hmm. We just enjoy. She's, she's the one that I want to hang out with. I don't, you know, yeah. I don't feel the need to, you know, have a long time. We, we value the time that we get to spend together. Good for you. Thank you for uh, taking time today, Kevin, to call in and for Denise uh, sharing your story as well. That's, that's cool. Not often do we get both the husband and wife. Glad you were listening, my friend. I don't know in the car or what, but uh, for joining us today, we've been talking about one of the most important parts of a strong, godly, intentional marriage, and that's communication. And uh, we've asked the question, what have you learned? Yesterday and today, you've heard a lot. If you missed yesterday's show, go back and listen to it. It's in our archives. Uh, you're going to get several really practical things you can do in marriage communication. It's a decision that you make. The first step of intentional living is to make a decision that what's going on right now ain't working. And we choose to go in a different direction. And in this case, to go in a healthy direction, to learn to communicate, to break down the walls, whatever it takes. Marriage counselor, talking to your pastor, reading a book, praying together, spending time together, but learning to communicate because that is a key to a healthy marriage. Thanks for being a part of the show today. And again, Jennifer, thank you for your work. And uh, thank you, Stephen and Gino and Andrew, who's watching over everything today. Uh, We appreciate each of you. Uh, I'm Dr. Randy for the entire Intentional Living team, our family here and upstairs, everybody who's a part of this ministry. Thank you for your prayers. Thank you for your support. Thank you mostly for choosing to not only listen, but hopefully take at least one thing and apply it to your life. Because when you do better in terms of your life and your walk with Christ, we do better in our own hearts because that's why we're here. That's the purpose of this ministry. God bless you. Have a great day. 
We'll see you again tomorrow. We're going to be talking about finances uh, coming up. I hope you'll join us on Intentional Living.